Ladies and gentlemen, we've got another one for you. I'm excited, but as always, let's get to that intro. Sit down and chop it up. Let's talk about it. Well, let's ask the right question. I was convinced. Uh, we're starting to see the mind right stuff now. It's What Do You Know With Joe. And welcome to another great episode of What Do You Know with Joe. I am the host, Joe Cofiro. Thank you so much for coming back. We've got Winnie. We've got Baxi. Lori Beth Dunberg, I honestly don't know where he is. Uh, we got to put a APB out for him for sure. So if you've seen Lori Beth, please send him on home. Uh, but we're doing good. Lindsay's finishing up a week of teaching. So all is good with the fam. Um, hope she's wrapping up a good Friday. Uh, got a great round of talk this week. Very excited. I have Mike Count on and Mike, I don't know Mike. Mike and I met via emails and I just saw his information. Uh, but Mike is a, uh, I won't get too much into the weeds, but Mike is a professional basketball agent um, and has represented some big names uh, and still represents big names. Uh, so very excited uh, to have him on. Can't wait for everyone to hear that conversation and some stories he has. Uh, on top of that, in the post-pod talk, uh, post-interview pod talk, we will be discussing some swap half with Michael Mason and Alex Burbank, two buddies close to me. I'm very excited uh, for them to join me uh, after that. So stick around. Everyone will be talking about some great things. Uh, but we will jump right into the Mike Count interview. Hope everyone enjoys. And like I said, stick around for some sweet swap half uh, with Mike and Burb. Thanks. Hello and welcome to What Do You Know with Joe. Uh, thank you everyone for joining me. Thank you for coming back this week's episode. I have a great guest, uh, Mike Count. Mike represents professional athletes who play professional sports, specifically basketball, and we're very excited to have him. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have this conversation. I just, just to get it up, I think we talked about this before. Uh, you and I do not know each other, correct? We and I had no previous relationship before this. I, I know nothing about what about Joe. <laughs> Well, or what do you know about Joe? What's the <laughs> that's yeah. what we're here for. And I hope everyone can learn something from you. I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out, not only, you know, for other things we're going to do potentially with the show, but one of the reasons I wanted to reach out was to speak with you. Uh, I think you're part of the piece of the whole operation that's so important. And also, I think a lot of people could learn from. So I'm, I'm very excited to have you on. Um, and just, you know, we'll just kind of jump right into it. We'll, we'll get going here. And, uh, you know, like you said, I know nothing about you. You know nothing about me. But just so so we can learn a bit more. Tell me a little about you know where you're from, where you kind of get started, where you kind of grew up, and you know a little bit about that. First off, where did you just excuse me for changing? Where did you get my um, information? Where did you hear about it? Yeah, through the players' association or the league or yeah, very good question. So I did I, I did what I would normally do for like work if I wanted to find a, someone or a topic that I was interested in. I just googled. WNBA player agents and the league WNBA player agent league uh, website came up and there's an agent directory and nicely enough by the WNBA player association and the league website, it just lists all that information. So actually I just took that from my Gmail shout out to you. Cause I was very interested and, you know, on that list too, I don't know how updated and frequent it is. So, you know, it was to me, it was kind of like a, Hey, this person might actually be there an agent and actually might be successful or, you know, this might just be a blank email address. So that's right, kind of how right. I found out about you and found your Got information it. and reached out. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was born into the Peace Corps. My parents were in Venezuela. Okay. So I had to, de- I had to determine my citizenship at 18, but I, my, my parents are both American. So mm-hmm. there was no, uh, no desire to go to the Venezuelan military and, and obtain a, 
a passport. So anyway, I, I started out with a little bit of an international flair okay. um, in my family. Um, but yeah, I played college basketball, small college, and um, and just love it. I was I was okay. I was a bench warmer at an NAIA school. Um, walked on, got a scholarship after a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I did, yeah, I couldn't get basketball out of my blood. I probably should have, you know, I wasn't good enough, but I went and played in North Africa, uh, like top division there, which doesn't mean much. It was like a Juco level. Maybe <laughs> I played in Spain, third division stuff in Spain, nothing, but I just love traveling the world, learning yeah. new languages, et cetera. It's and so out of those contacts in Spain, cause I studied and lived in Spain a year, mm-hmm. um, out of those contacts, I, some of my best friends are from there. And one mm-hmm. of them was a coach. So he shoot forward a few years. When I was in grad school at Auburn, I went to Hendricks College undergraduate in Arkansas. Um, the only thing I've retained from Arkansas is my phone number. That's why the area um, got my dad living here in Chattanooga and his wife. So most, most everything has come over to Tennessee, but, but I met, I just, my buddy from Spain, he was a coach and we just said, he came over to visit me for Christmas in Auburn. And when I, when my wife was the hall director and I was teaching Spanish as a graduate student mm-hmm. and we just, uh, this was 94. And it's funny because back then there was no, there, there was no internet. There were no cell phones. There were, there were just thermal fax machines. Mm-hmm. So Paco and I went down to a radio shack, cool. bought two thermal fax machines. And the idea was, all right, you take this back to Spain. I'll find players. You find teams in Spain. Let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And so we just started winging it when I was 26, 27 mm-hmm. and um, both understanding that we only, we understood the game. Mm-hmm. We're fairly bright guys, but neither one of us are lawyers, ex coaches, mm-hmm. ex players, and we're winging it. So I'm, I'm just going out and meeting people. And basically I always had, I think, I think people would view it as a refreshing approach because I was sort of like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'll work hard. Mm-hmm. That kind of, that kind of approach. Right. Some people are like, I don't want that guy. He doesn't know what he's doing, but some people, if they weren't high level, mm-hmm. they were like, I appreciate the honesty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and also, you know, we were going to work hard. So mm-hmm. we did, you know, I was doing it on the side. Mm-hmm. Right. I was doing it on the side for the first year. Moved to Chattanooga. I was a full professor then in Spanish mm-hmm. and doing the business on the side. By the second year, third year, I was teaching Spanish, but I was making more money in the agency. Mm-hmm. I had picked up, you pick up one client, you do a good job, you treat them right, mm-hmm. word gets around. Right. Um, at the time, we were 75% men's basketball. But uh, I had met one female client. I had one female client, and she was a stud, an absolute stud from Auburn. Joe Champy from Auburn, who's Hall of Famer now, mm-hmm. he introduced me to Carolyn Jones, who is now Carolyn Young. 
Mm-hmm. Carolyn Jones was a, a U.S. Olympian in Barcelona in 92. And when I saw the job she could get, it was way more than any of our guys were making because hmm. we didn't have high level guys. Right. And I picked up Carolyn. She never went overseas, never went overseas. And I went to Chattanooga. We lost touch for about a year. And then the ABL started up. Mm-hmm. There was an ABL right around the time the WNBA started. The ABL started about a year before, I think 97. Yeah. Um, and Carolyn was drafted high in the ABL. Okay, so that that right there, that lady is the reason I'm in this hmm. almost exclusively women's basketball today because she was the leading scorer in the ABL. Hmm. And there was only really one option in women's basketball, one or two for agents. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I started getting calls. <laughs> and so I started out representing female players because – it was a lot more organic. It wasn't me out there recruiting people. Right. It was people saying, Hey, you do a good job. I've heard about you from CJ. Okay. Before long, I have eight, 10, 12, 14, 18, 20 clients, mm-hmm. all females. So that started me down this path of, wow, this is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time we were growing in the male side. Right. We were we didn't really have NBA level guys, but we had really good international guys. Mm-hmm. So I was establishing contacts and, and relationships in men's basketball, mm-hmm. which was doing a lot better than the women. But the women were just sort of growing on the side. Right. So we were we were growing, growing. By '97, I was I just retired from I resigned from teaching, mm-hmm. and I've been full full with agency ever since. So I mean, I could. Yeah. I could ramble on about that, but um, over the years, I ended up with six, seven NBA guys, all mm-hmm. of them from Argentina or Spain, and using the language skills. Mm-hmm. No, Andres Nocioni was one of the first I brought over, and basically, we were just buddies running around buying him house, car, whatever he needed, getting his family right, getting the driver's license, social security card. So I learned you know, and we got a pretty good rep for really, really handling the guys. Right. Um, I remember that year in the Bulls, the rookies coming in were Ben Gordon, uh, Kurt Heinrich, Luol Dang. Yeah. And Nocioni, although Nocioni was a um, veteran because he had mm-hmm. been overseas. But I remember being in the meetings with all those guys, just me and all those guys, because he didn't speak English. Hmm. So I would be in the meeting with all those guys. The Bulls would let me in mm-hmm. so that he would understand everything. And then we would go, yeah. So I had lots of those sides of the mm-hmm. coin. But anyway, I mean, so much has happened. That's 27 years. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you don't have enough time on the podcast for me. to. <laughs> you'd have to get specific with me about, <laughs> about anything. Um, but that's sort of a, really really uh, rough synopsis of <laughs> yeah no and you, like you said you you touched on so many I have so many questions I have so many and I definitely um we're gonna get to all of them for sure or most of them for sure but you kind of mentioned uh recruitment and you know it sounds like it's a very word of mouth kind of how, how it kind of works and I could see for example like that situation where you're sitting with Ben Gordon everybody at that table and you're the basically being the translator if there's another, you know, foreign player on that side that doesn't have a good agent or a good manager, 
um, and sees that you can do that, that could be beneficial to you as well, seeing, wow, this is, you know, the level he takes for his players. Tell me a little bit about the recruitment and, you know, is it really that much word of mouth? And that's really how you saw it grow. That's you mentioned a little bit about it. Man, that has evolved. I mean, imagine, imagine the difference today. Imagine you guys, you youngsters, <laughs> imagine a time when there was not only not any Twitter right. or Instagram or Facebook, there wasn't even any internet. There were no cell phones. I mean, a cell phone in, um, you know, my age, it would have been this big. You know, <laughs> I, I remember having it like one of those car phones that was like a big thing, the thing in Wall Street with Michael yeah. Douglas. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's when we really thought we were something, right? Mm -hmm. When we had a, yeah, literally, it was this big. It would be like, <laughs> um, so things have changed so much. The communication level, players have changed, people have changed. So, recruiting for me first of all it's not in my nature to accept rejection real well i'm not the kind of guy that goes after something receives a rejection i feel like i'm imposing on someone mm -hmm. that's in my nature so i'm not a great recruiter just to start off with so the whole thing with cj carolyn jones and mm -hmm. the way that organically developed for me it was almost like the players were recruiting me. And if I kept doing a good job with the FEMA, it was like they were calling me. Right. So I developed sort of an understanding that I can do it this way and let this female branch of the business grow without really being out there recruiting because mm -hmm. it didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense, both for my personality and also for the resources, the guys, it was a similar thing, but there was a lot more back in the day, back in the nineties, it was a lot more just calling. But what I was going to say about the difference in time, there weren't, there weren't DVDs mm -hmm. at the beginning. There were VHS tapes. So we would literally have 50 VHS tapes. We had massive phone bills, <laughs> massive post office bills. Today we have zero phone bills because it's all WhatsApp. Right. We have no mailings. Mm -hmm. It's all links. It's right. wonderful. But mm -hmm. that means everybody can do it. Mm, right. Everybody thinks they can do it. Right. So right. it's different. Recruiting's recruiting's very different. I've never been much of a recruiter, but I think I was okay when we were as far as presenting what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, you know, I've had the cases where me and two other guys go after an NBA guy and we have a money man who can afford to train them. Right. And get them a car if we sign them. And the whole that whole thing with the American NBA level guy where there's every agent in the books after him. Mm -hmm. And we've we've uh, we've had tiny bit of success with that, but um, never a lot. Mm -hmm. um, th this 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 business is a, is so much about um, often it's, it got worse and worse over the 27 years I did it often is telling players what they want to hear. And when they're coming out, this is how great you're going to be. This is how wonderful you're going to be. Right. It's not embedded in me to do that. It's not natural for me. To, if I don't believe it, right. I'm not likely to say it. Mm -hmm. So that's always held me back at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like in the WNBA right now, I often pick up a player two or three years into her career 
mm-hmm. when he's received some cold water in life. Right. And some of the things she was promised aren't coming true. Mm-hmm. And so she needs some direction. She needs a leader. She doesn't need someone to go to the club with. Right. She needs someone who's going to represent her, protect her, etc. And so I've, I've got a pretty good rep for that. Mm-hmm. So and I can get to, to how I recruit today versus the, in the past, but um, I've always, I've always sort of said, I'm, and I, I've always said I'm aggressively available. Mm-hmm. I've, I've put it that way. Mm-hmm. If I, if someone's leaving someone else, right. I'll be like, I will tell them, Hey, that's a good age. They're probably doing a good job. So if you're leaving them for what kind of money you're making overseas, you're probably making a mistake because mm-hmm. I don't know that I'll do better. Right. But if you're leaving them because you can't, because you aren't compatible with them mm-hmm. and you're going to leave them anyway, mm-hmm. call me when you leave them. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be in this conversation now. Right. Even people I don't respect much at all. And mm-hmm. there are several <laughs> I don't respect at all. Mm-hmm. I don't mind taking their players, but I don't want to cross that line to where I'm aggressively going after them. Right, right. I won't call. I don't care if I can't stand the other agent because they're so they they lack scruples to Mm -hmm. such a high degree. I won't go out and aggressively recruit their player. That player has to call me. They have to. Right. So um, I've I've rambled off of your question a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I've answered it actually, but I'll stop there. No, I I actually thought of another question with that, and I think it's important to have that ethical line in business and that, you know, I, I use it. And like, like you kind of said, yours, this podcast is my side is what I'm doing on the side right now in my line of business. What I, I never, no regardless, no, regardless if they're a direct competitor, whatever the case is, it's not my job to badmouth them or talk about them. Cause I don't, it's not me. I can only do what's best for me. And I think that line of ethical businesses is something you should keep. And I, I completely agree with that. And it's good to hear that, you know, that's still intact. Um, but I had a question that you mentioned, you know, you start, you, you try to get these players two or three years in their career and like you mentioned as well, you know, some of these players coming out of school, they're told you're going to be great. You're going to be, you're going to be fantastic. And if they don't hit a certain bar in their first year, the rugs pulled out from under them, essentially. Do you think at all, especially with the change and what's going on with college sports, that individuals that are management can seek out these uh, talents younger and kind of either curb that conversation of saying you're great, or do you think it may may even like inflate it a little bit more i'd be curious to get your take on you know how recruitment might entail especially with all this new stuff going on nil stuff correct you're saying correct yeah in my world now is just women's basketball okay you know so i'm speaking from that perspective Mm -hmm. and i've i've obviously taken of all the top agents Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna say i'm gonna add i'm gonna say there's four others without naming anybody here sure but i'm gonna say there's four others that that are in my category, mm-hmm. uh, two is especially, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> they've taken a very proactive NIL stance. Sure. I've taken a, I've taken a approach where I'm saying, guys, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm letting the coaches know I'm here for you. I'll read over your contracts that you get. Mm-hmm. I'll do work for you. I'll spend time with you. I'll explain what right of first refusal means and this and that. And I hope you get to know me that way. And maybe when you're finished and I can sign you as a player, Mm -hmm. you're going to say I'm comfortable with that guy. Yeah. But for me to go register in a state to be a marketing agent 
mm-hmm. and tell a youngster, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to do this for you. It makes no sense to me. First of all, I don't think there's a lot of money in it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully for the girls, I'm proven wrong. Right. But I don't think there's a lot of money. I think there's going to be a lot of t-shirt deals and a lot of free sandwich deals okay. and a lot of free massage deals in the local markets because the NIL stuff is regional. Mm-hmm. It's regional and city based. It's the city you're in or the region you're in, your fan base. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's occasionally going to be some super wealthy alumni who's going to throw 20 grand at somebody and be able to do it legally mm-hmm. in a recruiting way. Some of that's going to happen. I don't, it's crazy, mm-hmm. but I've taken a very, like, I'm going to sit back, mm-hmm. keep doing what I'm doing, yeah. what I'm yeah. doing, make myself available to them, help them, help the coaches, mm-hmm. help them see reality a little bit. Because I think that some of these guys are risking going and signing a player to a marketing deal, getting mm-hmm. zero or next to zero from a compensation standpoint. And that player going, why am I going to stay with them? Mm-hmm. Why don't I go with this other right. company that has a proven track record in the next step? Mm-hmm. Look, women's women's marketing is growing. Right. Just females in general. Women's, mm-hmm. women's basketball marketing is growing. Mm-hmm. And, and it has a whole lot to do with social media. Mm-hmm. You look at shoe contracts right now. Shoe contracts are a lot more based on how someone looks then they're based on what they're accomplishing on the court. Now, when you can find both of those, right. that's really valuable. But if you go look at the shoe deals, and I don't want to mention names because it sounds like I'm really slapping somebody. But if you just go look at the shoe deals, you see some of the biggest deals for people who may not be in the league next year. Right. May not be in the league after one year. Mm-hmm. Some of them didn't play at all. Mm-hmm. And But they look good, and they're doing a lot of TikTok dance videos. And okay, I'm old school, right? So that that right there, and I've got a player who's an all-star, right? Not with the shoe deal. Yeah, I have some of those, by the way. I have some right some of those that do well with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to really look at that objectively when I'm used to basketball being the reason you get something. Mm -hmm. You know, which um, it still helps. Sure, but but there's you know. Anyway, that's growing, but mm-hmm. it's always been a really, really tough market. Sure. So I've always, when I've, my biggest clients, mm-hmm. the Becky Hammonds, Swin Cash, Ruth Riley, some of these mm-hmm. that have had a market, right? I've gone with them to get a marketing person, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm cutting myself out of a potential revenue stream. Sure. That's all right. That's I want them to be happy. Right. I want them to be covered. and. I also haven't had a lot of, um, I haven't had huge deals. Yeah, we've had some 50,000. I mean, Luis Scola's shoe deal was, you know, a million above a million. Right. But but there's stuff like that. But for the women, there haven't been um, huge, huge deals. Now, some, I don't think for anyone. No, yeah. Yeah, no. Maybe 200,000, 300,000. Some shoe deals in the past were half a million, mm-hmm. et cetera. You don't see that. You don't see that. The top, top, top players right. are are getting 50 to 100, 150. If there's – usually if there's two or three companies going after players, 
mm-hmm. you, you might find something like for example sabrina probably has a pretty i don't know what she's making it's probably a pretty big deal mm-hmm. she won't get she won't get renewed at that number mm-hmm. i can promise you unless she unless something happens on the right. court where she shows she's you know right something's gonna have to take her to that or she's not as injury prone that that a lot of times coming out of college they're getting that sure. competition but um to answer your question my nil philosophy is uh very laid back mm-hmm. and i'm also too busy i'm i'm yeah. now really a one-man thing i used to have four or five people here in the states mm-hmm. working under me but i've sort of just changed my tactic you know it's yeah. like I do it all now with the, uh, with the players at least. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have partners all over the world right. to handle other countries, but anyway. No. Yeah. And I think kind of the way you said, I think, right. There's nothing been like that before. And I think this is all very new. And I think for the first time, even yesterday, because I think this is also the first time I think we're seeing a huge spike in, you know, coverage for the finals for WNBA and things like that. And I think for the first time, too, on social media, I was just scrolling and one of the accounts I follow actually showed like the shoes that um, Candace Parker was wearing. And I've never seen that before from just the you know social media scrolling perspective. You know, they usually only show dub or NBA or, you know, professional football cleats. This is the first time I've seen, you know, a, a professional female athlete and they highlight her shoes. So I think, like you said, we're still starting to see that come. And we're, I'm curious, like you said, something big is going to either have to change for, you know, things like that players renewal rate to get higher. But um you kind of, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head for me in terms of that question. Um, as far as, I guess you would say, uh, you know, uh, from a negotiation standpoint and meeting, you know, with players, have you ever, do you find that, you know, some, like all of them are, you know, talking to every front office agency, one, who are you kind of talking to if you're allowed to disclose that, you know, what individuals from the front office are you talking to? And two, are the conversations a little similar every time or you know is each individual front office very very different when you say front office or what, what, uh, what uh, go ahead i'm meaning broad so like who are the people you're negotiating with at the, if the from the front office of those organizations of this you know for example like you said negotiating you negotiating with the teams about you know that time off that you mentioned with your player in the beginning of the call oh you're talking about a player not recruiting but a player I no yeah sorry have. switching topics switch my fault right. switching topics yeah player i already have um in general female players are playing two contracts a year a calendar year um of course the WNBA goes from about may to october Mm -hmm. and then most of the overseas teams pick up right then Mm -hmm. so you have um most of them are if they're you know i have what almost 20 in the WNBA Mm -hmm. and a bunch others that were in a WNBA training camp so with hopes of being in the WNBA right so Mm -hmm. there's a negotiation with the european team about the start date and the end date Mm -hmm. the wba is strict the end date i mean they're staying all the way through the end sure that's really the case everywhere Mm -hmm. but going into it if i'm usually here's my biggest issue my big my biggest issue for or the player's biggest issue Mm -hmm. is how soon do they have to report after their WNBA season? Because it's gotten to where if you're playing overseas, you've got to go straight to your WNBA team after your overseas season. No break, no usually, rest. No rest. Usually you're a little late. Wow. Some countries, some countries like Israel, 
China, Korea, although China and Korea haven't taken Americans for two years, hmm. but some countries are only five month seasons, four month seasons. Okay. So they finish early enough, but the, the very best teams in each country are the teams that have the most money generally. Mm-hmm. And generally those teams are the ones that are going to go to the semifinals and the finals. So they're going to go later. Mm-hmm. Generally the teams that go later have the best players out of the WNBA. Right. So usually your stars, a lot of the top players in the WNBA are the ones arriving late, mm-hmm. except in certain, you know, right. Uh, exceptions. So mm-hmm. there's a, there's a negotiation. The main negotiation I have is in a contract with the European team, player wants two weeks after the season the team wants you there in three days right so we usually end up with a clause that's basically like um you have to arrive with by this date Mm -hmm. september 25th right or 10 days after the last official game Mm -hmm. whichever's later all right that usually covers a little bit of both sides Mm -hmm. if you're done you need to be here by this date. Or if you were done only four days ago, right. you can have the full 10. Right. Usually that usually teams now are really strict about it and you'll lose a deal over that clause. Wow. You'll lose a deal over that clause alone because they can't afford to have you there mm-hmm. two or three days. There's one player I have in Chicago that's going on to the finals yep. after last night. And she has that exact clause in her contract. Hmm. September 25th or seven days after the last official game. Well, they didn't expect Chicago to make the semis. Yeah. Now she's probably looking at close to November. Mm -hmm. That's a full month. So they're wanting to to sign a player for one month Mm -hmm. that I have. So I'm sitting here with, okay, this player's arriving late. I'm trying to help the team while protecting her contract. so that's that's what you always run into. The men, it's not it's either overseas or the NBA. Right. They're not playing. Yeah. Yeah. You rarely have anybody unless unless it's somebody who's just sort of at the end of the roster. They do a 10 day, they get mm-hmm. cut and then they get picked up in Spain. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, things like that. But I don't I don't really deal. Lascola was my last um, male player. Okay. And, and I just sort of I sort of tell male players that call me, hey, I'm not in that anymore. Mm-hmm. So the communication, right? the contact base, I have to be fair to them. I can't sure. just pick you up as a player and I don't have the contact base. I still know lots of people, right? but you need to know everything about a country. Mm-hmm. Which teams are there? Who's offering what? You've got an active partner right? and nobody wants to be your partner if you don't have any players. So it's like a, I used to have 75 male players. Okay. So That's I had a whole player. huge network. Yeah. But that just you know, philosophically, mm-hmm. it just sort of slowly, slowly became I'm just some females. Right. And you kind of tapped on it. And I want to, we'll, we'll talk about Louis Cole for sure, but um, kind of to the, where do you, you mentioned you had 75, you know, NBA players and you, you have a majority now WNBA players. Where do you see the count group global going and, you know, where do you, you know, want to take them or is there, you know, are there certain recruit? I know you don't want to give away your whole business plan. I get that, but you know, are there certain things you're excited about, or things that are coming up that you're, you know, thinking could, you know, take you to the next step, or you know, pull you ahead and get some other players that you were trying to you know, reach out to that you were competing for? Well, that's a good question. I mean, um, 
there were, you know, in the like early 2000s, mm-hmm. at one point, I think I had with partners, of course, mm-hmm. Argentine partners and a, and a partner in Dallas, George Bass, mm-hmm. or NBA guys. Yeah. Uh, he's with AAI Sports. So we were partnered because I was sort of bringing the players from mm-hmm. overseas. Sure. I just, we happened to have the good fortune. I had the good fortune to develop a relationship with two Argentine guys that represented most of the best Argentines. And of course, the golden generation of Argentina, they were gold medalists. Mm-hmm. That was a good team. So I didn't have Ginobili, but we had Nocioni, Scola, mm-hmm. Walter Herman, Pablo Prigioni, right off the bat. Wow. There's four of the very best. Yeah. And then I had to my Spanish partner at the time, I had Calderon. I brought Calderon over to Toronto. No way. Yeah. So that was, so at a time we had all those guys and the money was at the height. Yeah. As far as the European economy in the early 2000s. So players Mm -hmm. were making five, six, seven, eight, one point something million in top Russian teams, women players female players they were making five six seven eight nine hundred thousand on top russian teams there was a bunch of teams competing with each other there was a Mm -hmm. the the economy was great all the countries with many 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 six-figure deals Mm -hmm. so i had all this going on big player list with women and Mm -hmm. those five nba guys i had a staff at that time right i had a staff and my model would have been awesome for the rest of life if there was a never ending supply of Argentines <laughs> from my partner, but unfortunately we all get older Time. and my good friends, Andres Nocioni and Luis Scola and Pablo, everybody's moved on with life now. Right. And I'm just not set up for the average American male basketball player. I realized that over the years, mm-hmm. part of it is what has developed as a way of seeing the world. And this is generalization. Mm-hmm. So it's not fair to say it. Yeah. But there's a mentality I'm not compatible with. Mm-hmm. I'm not compatible with the mentality that the player's success or failure is based on his agent. Sure. I'm not compatible with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not compatible with telling players they are the best things since sliced bread right not many are Mm -hmm. most of them have warts and i've found that female players accept constructive criticism way better than male players not to mention i don't have the deepest pockets to be able to put out one or two hundred grand for a recruit that i signed so that he can have a fancy car and apartment and training until he gets drafted right and take all that risk Mm-hmm. none of that is in my it's not in my in my uh, zone right okay um so i naturally once the international thing it didn't completely dry up mm-hmm. but um our last guy was Composso with denver yep. and we were about to do a deal with denver and Composso signed a five-year deal with madrid and he was the last guy. And then uh-huh. Luca Vildosa, who signed with 
the Knicks. Mm-hmm. He, those were those guys could be sort of the new generation, but sure. my partner and I totally respect it. My partner and mostly Compasso met a guy that he was more comfortable with mm-hmm. uh, that worked in the states, and so mm-hmm. they changed. So I lost that partnership, but I would never say anything negative about right. those guys because I had wonderful years with them. Mm-hmm. And and um, I also understand that my I have to accept that my direction has been more where my comfort zone is as I've gotten older. Sure. I just don't have the patience to even consider being the kind of guy that's part of a dude's posse mm-hmm. or carrying anybody's bag. Sure. Um, and a lot of guys sort of look at agents that way. Right. And I'm spoiled with guys like Scola and Nocioni and a lot of our female players who look at you as trusted. It's like, you know, it's almost like an uncle or somebody I trust, a friend right. that I know I can, they're going to take care of me. They're going to tell me the truth. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're not happy about that truth. Yeah. But that's not what most your male American guys are looking for. Mm-hmm. And even international guys now. Mm-hmm. Um, they need a staff. They need to be uh, where. Where are you taking me tonight? You know, right? I'm out of that. That's you yeah. Know? So I'm in a real comfort zone. I really mm-hmm. enjoy dealing with the with the female players, and uh, I know everybody. I've got a network. Mm-hmm. It's great to be known and know you have the rep. Mm-hmm. You and people go, oh, this guy's speaking. Mm-hmm. Maybe it means something. Yeah. Right. This guy says something. He's probably not lying. Right. You know, um, or they know I'm not lying. Right. You know, even they, they know I will tell the truth, even if it doesn't always benefit the client. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a great sales pitch there. Sure. But um, I, I also recognize that I completely forgot what you just asked me. No, no, no. Um, and, <laughs> no, no, no. That you, you hit the nail on the head. And I actually had a question with that um, because you mentioned, um, like you said, that if you, if you were to remove kind of that posse, you know, feeling from it, you know, you had players in the NBA, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it definitely crossed some female athletes' minds as well. It was before any of the NIL took place where, you know, you had players like Emmanuel Moody. I said, I'm just going to go play in China instead of college because I can make a mill and they go get drafted. Is there a, is there, is that a position where you think you could probably step in and say, hey, I know these countries, you know, for these athletes. And if they don't want to go the college route, is that something you and your team maybe ever ran into? Or is that kind of just the reverse of what maybe you were doing with those Argentine players and, coming to the States? It is. It is. And that's a great question because that didn't exist. Sure. That whole idea until LaMelo. Yeah. Right. Going to Australia. There's no doubt that I'd be big time. And that would be actually a direction I would be very involved in because I'm very international. Right. Um, And I have a network all over Mm -hmm. the world. Right. We have someone in China, in Korea, Mm -hmm. um, in France, Israel, Turkey, Spain, sure, Italy. So, you know, but they're also in sort of the same thing as me, mostly women. Right. The Italian guy has a lot of male players, but um, you do a better job if you really, really know your market. But what you're right. talking about is something I would have gotten into. Right. But look, those guys you're talking about, mm-hmm. it's the same process. Sure. In high school, they've got a whole their family, there's a whole system. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. Right. Because you want to protect your boy. Right. You want to, you want to protect your, your son mm-hmm. or, you know, 
or your nephew. Right. And a lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of those guys are out for themselves. So you got, you got the hanger owners yeah. who they have this humongous talent yeah. at 16 and they're already running things. Of course, that kid's going to listen to them. Yep. And your uncle and your uncle's best friend and your best friend who right. has, a, you know, <laughs> so you've got these groups coming in mm -hmm. to protect the guy. And sometimes they are protected, but sometimes, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just too much. Usually oh, yeah. those, those, those things are like, ah, there's too many, too many chiefs. No. Yeah. I, I agree. I just actually saw a documentary recently on that whole concept of, you know, the immediate family. I, I get it. There's, there's immediate people that you would want to take care of, but you know, you have to start looking around and saying, are these people mooching off of me or are they, you know, doing something beneficial for me? Like, do they have jobs? Do they have something? Are they making my network better? And a lot of the times, a lot of these players find themselves that it's the, unfortunately it's the former, it's the mooching and they're taking, they only, like you said, they only have their interest in, in sight. Um, there's a, there's a, it happens with the women too. Yeah. You know, there's not as much money, mm -hmm. but without mentioning names, there's a uh, top, top player. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the top contracts in the WNBA and overseas. Sure. Who uh, represented the first six years of her career. And she was in two different relationships. Mm -hmm. And the second one was very clearly uh, someone who was out for her money. Yeah. And it was a, it was a woman who was so violent and vehement. Mm -hmm. And my player, the player that I'm talking about happened to be, a really passive, docile follower. She right. needed someone in her life to speak for her. Sure. Often, I would, I would, we would write her, and the and that wife would write back. Hmm. So the wife just used and abused her. We were trying to protect her, telling her right. you got to move, you got to move some money over here. You yeah. got to do this. Right. We lost the player because the wife hated us so much. Two years after we lost the player, the wife and this player got into a big fight. Sure. This fight, it was very public. Wow. It involved all sorts of, you know. So mm -hmm. then all of that mm -hmm. happens, too, at a lower level economically. It happens with women, mm -hmm. but it's not as common. It's not as exposed. Know. And that's a shame. Yeah, because usually, usually someone who's going to be a, I don't know the term, but latch on to a player. Right. Not, you know being superficial about their intentions right usually they're not going to do that for thousands no, just no, no thousands they're doing it they want to do it with the <clears throat> but it happens it's definitely a topic i think there's lights to be shed and i think maybe maybe there's a documentary in the in the makings there um but to kind of i know we're kind of coming up on time and i definitely want to have some time for this um you did mention you uh you, you managed louis skolak and you know thinking back you know like you said a youngster for me I can think about playing with Louis Scola in, you know, 2K games where he's got the best, you know, 15 foot jump shot. And, you know, all my, all my buddies who were going to listen to this are going to be like, wow. Um, you know, did you bring, was that something you met him in Argentina and you guys started talking and cause he was all NBA first team 2008. Like Louis Scola was, was amazing. So, you know, what, how did that kind of, kind of, how did that kind of start? You mentioned that you kind of alluded to it uh, early in the conversation, but tell me a little about that. And then, maybe like a crazy, like top, like it, as much as you can disclose, you know, a crazy negotiation you have with Louie and like maybe, you know, a shoe contract or a team or something like that. Well, Louis is one of the, from the group, which was mm -hmm. um, Claudio Villanueva mm -hmm. and Carlos Raffaele. 
and they were Villanueva and Raffaele. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Carlos was one of the great, great players of uh, uh, history of Argentina before this golden generation. But Claudio was the main guy that was mm-hmm. their agent. And Claudio, um, Luis was the first guy. Mm-hmm. And Luis came over and stayed with me when he was, he had played five or six years in Spain, he, the night of the draft. Mm-hmm. So he was in my house the night he went late, the last pick in the second round. And it was a terrible, terrible day. So he goes to San Antonio, terrible day. He goes to San Antonio and he stayed in his room, which was my son's room that we cleared out the crib so he could, mm-hmm. uh, the baby crib. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And um, he stayed back there and just talked to his then girlfriend mm-hmm. all night. You know, couldn't believe he wasn't a first rounder. He and I had gone around together and met with Jerry Coangelo and Greg Popovich. And mm-hmm. we went all over the country traveling when he was a young dude. Uh, and this, remember, this is four years before he was in the league. Yeah. But the worst possible team, and I say this as a compliment to them, mm-hmm. San Antonio drafted him because they were the, they were the sharpest. They knew what he was. Right. They knew the value he had. Mm-hmm. And they just set on that asset. He wanted to be in the league. Yeah. But he had a huge deal in Spain. At that time, it was huge. Mm-hmm. And humongous buyout. Mm-hmm. So for three years, we argued and argued and fought with San Antonio about loosening up, bringing him over. They had We had to go through them. Yeah. We couldn't just bring him over. He was drafted by them. Right. So, you know, when we finally got him over here, it was a joyful time for our team. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, that guy is just a, is just a, he's the best, mm-hmm. the best of the best, uh, a dear, dear friend. He's yeah. been, we've had vacations together. Um, we, I've, I've grown up, his kids have grown up with my son from, mm-hmm. you know, all of them are born here. I mean, born since he, yeah, since he started. Well, one was born in Spain, but, right before he his first year mm-hmm. tiago his oldest yeah but so they were you know they've been in our house many times vacations out on the boat right and and they'll they'll come soon again i mean that so uh but yeah i've had i've had a lot of crazy stories with with louise one time i picked him up in atlanta to bring him to chattanooga Mm-hmm. And like a dumbass, I had not looked at my gas gauge. Ooh. I picked up his whole family in my minivan. Louise is the kind of guy. Louise is the kind of guy who he has no pretense. You can pick up Louis Skull in a minivan. Yeah. He doesn't care. If he was renting a car, he'd rent the cheapest car. He wouldn't rent a right. Ferrari. He's not flying. He's, you know, he's got millions and millions of dollars, but he's he's that kind of humble, modest right. guy. He's looking at investments, not spending it. Sure. But anyway, here I am, so excited. I'm picking him up with my son in a minivan, all his whole family, and I run out of gas on I-75 going coming back to Chattanooga. I run out of gas. How dumb can an agent be? With stolen his whole family. With the superstar of <laughs> the entire. I mean, soon to be I, over I ran out of gas <laughs> a mile and a half, and I'm in no sh- I'm in no shape to do this. Yeah. But I left him and his whole family and my son on the side of the road, and I ran a mile and a half to – I was terrified. Right. But Skull and I were already real close. Sure. So he was I, – I know he was pissed off, but he was like, no problem, Mike. No problem. 
I, how dumb, I would be like, how dumb can my agent be? So I ran, <laughs> bought a gas can, and ran back, mm -hmm. put five gallons in. I mean, I'm talking about five gallons is a lot to run with. That is, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not light, and it's a. It's I mean, I, I've done some, yeah, believe me, I'm, I don't mind the self-deprecating stories either, but that one, I remember was, that's one Scola story. But we, when we signed the big deal in Houston, um, mm -hmm. that was a wonderful evening. Our whole team was there. Yeah, and, and um, I don't know. The guy's way past right. Just a player to me, you mm -hmm. know. That guy's like a a nephew almost. You He's know? family. There, there are times, even even in the Olympics, he would call and go, "I just need to," and I I, I can't tell you how great this is for me. Mm -hmm. He would just be like, "I need to I need to hear your opinion about what's yeah. going on with this Argentine team, Mike." They're they're. They just don't, you know, they're young. They're, right. You know, the, the guy's calling me from Japan mm -hmm. after he's been out of the NBA a long time. Right. And wants to hear my opinion on something. Dude, that makes you, that makes you really proud of what you've done. Yeah, I can imagine. That makes me proud of the credibility I must have. Right. Him, who's maybe the greatest international player. Right. Ever. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, he's up there. Yeah, no, he's oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I would, I would definitely say that. And I think it just goes to show how much your opinion means to him. Years removed from, like you said, you know, when he was, you know, playing, getting that Houston contract, playing in Toronto. I think it just shows, you know, how he still values you. And like you said, that's a friendship that'll last forever. Same with Nocioni, really. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm real close to Pablo Prigioni and Walter Herman also, but it's not. I wasn't quite as good, but those two guys, Nocioni and Scola, were just mm -hmm. uh, a whole other level of friendship and relationship, you know. Well, that, I mean, I I think there's no better way to, you know, end it on, you know, just a happy note of, you know, that the fact that you and Louis Scola are, you guys, you know, your good buddy still, and the fact that he still reaches out to you for things like that. And, you know, who, who, who knows? You know, maybe Louis Scola still got something in, maybe still got something going on, maybe still wants to get it going. But, uh, this is also, you know, because it was open floor. Do you have any questions or anything that you want to get out there? Anything you want, you know, people if they're listening to go check out or, you know, just tap into maybe? No, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy, you know, I've, I'm always in the mode of let me promote sure. players, promote the players. And so yeah, I have to be honest, it's not, it's not terrible to be asked questions about yourself every now and then. Yeah. And uh, I would, uh, as you grow, Mm -hmm. And you get an audience, uh, please put me down for uh, sessions where you can bring WNBA fans or yeah. women's basketball fans on to ask questions. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. I've got this mountain of knowledge yeah. that uh, I don't mind disseminating without getting too specific. Because I think that would really – because I see so much misinformation on, right. on the social media channels. Sure. And, I, and I'm sometimes like, mm -hmm. that's not even close. I have no, I wish I could straighten everybody out mm -hmm. on the reality of it. Right. That social media frustrates me more than I enjoy it. I agree. It's, it's frustrating. It, there's too much yeah. going on. It's, but I still, I still use it. Yeah. Right. You have to. Otherwise, right. It's almost <laughs> like much. a crutch. It's a, you ha yeah. it's a, it's a, it's becoming an unnecessary evil almost, you know, or necessary evil. Sorry. Um, yeah. But I, Mike, I had such an enjoyment talking with you. I learned, so much. I've made a connection for, like you said, for a while. If you ever need anything from me, 
you know, you know how to get in contact with me. We'll still be in contact. Um, and I definitely, I, so I'm still doing something with the podcast, you know, after, you know, our interview as well, you know, there's a session where, you know, there's other live guests and we talk about other things that could be a great opportunity to get multiple WNBA fans. And say, hey, we've got, we got, yep. Yeah. Perfect. I want, I want people to have, you know, more than just getting attention. I want, right people to have, I want people to have some knowledge about it because right. there's a, there's a lot of stuff. Look, players come out, they don't know what's going on. Sure. They come out of college, they have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you have to, I have to educate the players. It yeah. takes them a couple of years to really figure out this business to some level, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I imagine fans who really care about it yeah, would, would have some questions. So I'm here. And I think, as we said, it's just, it's, it's growing right now. It's, it, I definitely think the hype is there for it. And I think, definitely get on that train where we can. And I, I would love to, you know, just keep t- having this conversation. And that's the main point of my podcast is just to spread knowledge and the correct knowledge to make sure that people are informed. So Mike, thank you so much for your time. I, no I can't thank I you enough. I can't, and you have a great rest of your, grab a great weekend coming up and uh, yeah. we'll talk soon. You too. Thank you. All right, Mike, have a good one. You too. See ya. Right, Mike. Welcome back to what do you know with Joe? Uh, thank you for listening in on the ad. That was our uh, very, very first time doing ads. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, welcome back. This is the post pod interview talk. I've got my buddies, Michael Mason and Alex Burbank with me. Gentlemen, good morning. Morning, morning. What is going on, Joe? Oh, very excited to have you guys on. Um, thankful to have Mike Counts come on. Uh, just want to say thank you to him. Uh, it's pretty exciting that, you know, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know that he fucking, or I shouldn't say fucking, I didn't know he covered uh, Scola. You know, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I, you know, and also it's really, really cool that, you know, he covers strictly, you know, WNBA players now. So he's really trying to push that and try to get, you know, the best for there. And like we said, we're really seeing that come up, but uh, that was a good interview. Um, Do you guys like hearing, you know, some of those stories? You guys thought it was good? Got to hear some solid stuff, man. It's um, it's crazy that you you know jumped ahead like this and, and got him on, man. Just spill some knowledge and and um, share some interesting stuff, man. It's, that's good stuff. Yeah, man. It's definitely good. You got the foot in the door too. It's a good start, and I think you know it's only up from here, Joe. I like where you're where you're heading and where you're going. It's a it's a big big move you had today. So who knows? Who knows where we can go? Definitely, yeah. we'll definitely have him back on. I definitely want to. You know, I know you guys play basketball as well. If you're interested, when we get Mike back on. I'll definitely get you guys back. And I, you know, I, I want to do so much with him. I'm very excited, but who knows, maybe down the road we get Skola on the pot. Let's, you know, that'd be fun. That'd be a good time as well. To just get Skola talking about all kinds of Skola stuff. So we got to come up with like a segment name for him. That'd be fun. But um, yeah, no, thank you for joining me for the post pod talk. Uh, as you guys know, the post pod talk is Swift half. So we've got some great topics to discuss, update people on what's going on in all aspects of the world. We got a little bit of something for everyone. So uh, let's jump right into it. The first letter in the acronym for SWPATH is sports. Uh, first with uh, baseball, um, playoffs have started. Um, wanted to shed some light on there. The Yankees and the Cardinals got bounced. Uh, the WNBA is wrapping up. We're seeing the finals, uh, you know, wish wish them all the best. Um, the Sun are going there, Candace Parker and their team. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Tune into that um boxing uh the wilder versus fury fight is coming up tomorrow or will be airing on october 9th so please tune into that uh that'll be fun uh do you guys have any insight on uh, any uh baseball or boxing or WNBA that you, you want to type, chime in on i say we start out with a little uh, little playoff baseball I'll, I'll let mike cover the yankees because i'm sure he watched that whole game 
Um, but I guess I could talk about what the Cardinals and the Dodgers game. We'll start that one off. Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, did you watch the game? Did you see what happened? I mean, the Cardinals were hot coming into this, and exactly. a lot of people were worried that you know it was too hot too soon. So yeah, we'll, we'll throw in a little sports betting here. That's a game that I'm absolutely was staying away from. You can't touch the hottest team in baseball, but you also can't. It's hard to like not touch the Dodgers because they're the best team in baseball. So, I mean, that game was ridiculous because it went down to the ninth inning, tied one-one, and then you know you think about baseball spreads being minus one and a half. A two-run bomb in the bottom of the ninth, that's tough. Bad beat, bad beat for Cardinals betters, but also if you're a Dodgers better on the run line, you're like, oh, my God, how did I just win that? So mm-hmm. uh, that game yeah, was crazy, and, like, I think – I just think the Dodgers are too good to lose, but at the same time, the Cardinals definitely had a shot to beat them. But um, I think I think my bet, as, as easy as it sounds, I think I think the Dodgers are going to win it all if we're talking playoff baseball. Who do you think – because Mike's going to cover the – Yankees. Who do you think from the NL goes to the World Series? We'll do, we'll talk World Series later. But who from the NL goes? Because I, 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 I mean, the Giants I are a hundred win team. I wish the Braves would make. You got it Braves. There. You got Giants. I think I'm on I the Braves. Braves, Braves man. Now. You got you got some teams that are pretty good. So you, I you, think. What do you think? It's tough. I think. I think the Giants are a little too old, man. I know. I'm a, it might be Ooh. a little hot take. I think the boys were a little old this year. Everyone played outstanding, and you know it was a little too good to be true season. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know. I mean, I think they could do it, but I, don't know, I just don't. I don't believe in them in the playoffs. That, that's my take. Give me who's your NL guy? I'm, I'm going Braves, man. No one believes in them. I think I'm the Braves, Braves are a scrappy Braves. team. Yeah, I don't. I'm I don't think the Braves, but a team that you can't sleep on. And I'm saying it now, and I could be completely off. This they may not make it out, but don't sleep on the Brewers, man. The Brewers, they got a strong lineup. They got a strong squad bullpen's pretty good man i mean mm-hmm. you never know right. they can string a few together and get hot you know and and that's the best part go about deep. baseball yeah playoff baseball is exciting and that's that's a hype you know first series is the braves versus the brewers because uh brewers have all that pitching power but then the braves i mean their bats have been hot uh yeah. you know adam riley's been out of nowhere just been one of the best third basemen in baseball and like no one really saw that coming so i think that was big for them especially once acuna went down which everyone doesn't like to see like i saw that and i was like this sucks. Like, Good guy in baseball. You don't want him to. Yeah, you don't. You don't want to see anybody go. That's like seeing Tatis go down. You like. You just want to watch the guy play. Even if you right, hate right. the Padres, even if you hate the Braves, like it's good for baseball having those kind of players on. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Once Acuna went down, I thought the season was over. But the way the Braves kind of fought back and you know played with the hurt lineup and then brought in some guys like uh, who are they bringing Jeff Peterson and um, Adam Duvall and then Solaire. I mean, they have all worked out. Like Solaire is looking good. Duvall is looking good. So. Braves could put up something, but it is a tough matchup. I honestly forgot they were playing the Brewers to start out because I did like the Brewers making it making it through the NL. But I don't yeah, know. I mean, I just think the winner out of that series could go deep. Um, funny that you bring it up. I mean, like a week after Acuna got hurt, man, I, me and all my buddies already had a trip planned to Atlanta to go see them play the Brewers. So we got to, you know, catch a little two-game stint in Atlanta. Um, first night, First game that we went to, I think it was like a Friday night, uh, Dansby hit a grand slam, like off the foul, mm-hmm. after off the foul pole in left field. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it was it was like mid June or July or whatever, but it, it felt like playoff baseball already. And then the next day, um, they went out and, and the Brewers went out there, were shoving, shutting people down. Uh, got to see Hader and Devin Williams. Like mm-hmm. they, that yeah. was that was fun baseball to watch in, in two days for sure. We got some Braves insight on this pod. I didn't realize we got some. You're a Braves fan. Listen up here, but okay, I like that intake. Thank you very much, Bird. And 
Very excited to see what happens in the NL. Mace, tell us a little bit about the AL wildcard. I know you're, you're a Yanks fan as well. It's just Ugh. a tough loss. But, I mean, you know, tell me a little bit about that. And then who do you think – I mean, the AL's hot. You know, AL's always yeah. hot. Who do you think emerges from that AL? I mean, the, the I mean, the pick is Tampa, obviously. I mean, you still got Houston, you know, lingering Tom's around. Tom's got Glasgow, too. Yeah, I mean, I just – I mean, going back to the wildcard game, you know, do I root for the Yankees 1,000%? You know, I pull for them. Uh, I like the Braves too. Call me what you want, but uh, uh, Joe, you you've got more insight on the Yankees. You got more Yankees knowledge than I do, but I mean, they just they just didn't have a chance. I mean, the only dude that was really knocking it around was Giancarlo. Cole got absolutely shelled. I mean, it, you know, if, if it, Cole's not pitching his best stuff, it, it's not even going to be close. You know, if Baldy he got shelled last time they played in, in Boston, so, you know, yeah, I mean, he was just. I mean, sitting everybody down. So mm-hmm. uh, it is what it is. But, you know, Boston's got their hands full with Tampa. They already got waxed last night. So, mm-hmm. you know, good luck, good luck to them. Have fun with that. Very true, very true. And, yeah, I think something's going to happen with the Yankees organization soon. I don't necessarily know it's, if it's like a Cashman problem or necessarily even like a Boone problem, but something's got to change. You know, I mean, you had, you, you had players getting hot at the right times, but – I don't know. Just I think I think our bullpen needs some work. Um, you know, to get some more support guys in there. It's not as built. I remember when you know early in 2017, and you know even before that in 2015, 2014, the bullpen was stacked. You know, from starting and every, so you know it's it you need you, you saw that the success was in the staff in the you know staff bullpen. So hopefully that changes, or hopefully we see something. You listen to John Boy. There was just a lot of nitpicking and stuff to you know hear. So very curious to see who comes out of the AL. Who do you think comes out of the A? You you have the Rays. Do you think it's a we potentially have a raise Braves? I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I think about the Giants too. Like we haven't even really talked about the Giants. No, I know, I, and we could talk hours. And that's the I wish yeah, we, we had could, hours. Baseball, we, yeah, we could talk forever about yeah, that. Forever about that's that. not even you know the sport I'm you know following up with the most. So oh, yeah, especially maybe. after the uh, last place um, in in the uh, fantasy league we're in, Joe, I, I stopped watching baseball. I stopped betting on it. I was tired of losing money. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to yeah. baseball. Um, yeah. No, yeah, Tampa's and, the obvious favorite, though. Like, I mean, they're just dominant for no reason. Yeah. I mean, they they're just they're nasty. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. And um, I, I don't. Oh, we'll we'll give a little. Go ahead. Well, what what is it? Oh, we got we, we have some. Oh, this, oh we have potential. This, this is it. So, ladies and gentlemen, to give you guys some yeah. insight, uh, Burb's got some very good personal stuff going on. His life is in some calls. So. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do there, Mike. Uh, while that's happening, we can you know go through a little bit more. We'll talk a little bit. Uh, why don't you? While we're waiting on Burb, we're in preseason hockey. I know you're mm-hmm. a Kane, you're a Canes season ticket yep. here. Tell me a little bit about how what you're excited for the Canes year, and tell me a little bit about you know what you're excited to see overall in hockey. Yeah, man. I mean, I just hockey has been something you know I really started keeping up with probably about you know seven or eight years ago. It's so exciting. You know, you mm-hmm. go in person, but. Um, I mean, there's nothing like, it, especially playoff atmosphere. But yeah, man. I mean, Canes look good. I mean, I went to a couple of preseason games. Yeah, was a little skeptical on on you know how we were going to look after all the moves we made. You know, we mm-hmm. you know completely you know dumped all our goalies out. Mrazek, Mrazek um, uh, and Ned, uh, they're gone. Bringing mm-hmm. you know Freddie Anderson, so the goaltending um, that was you know number one concern. The biggest, I mean, I guess one thing that hurt me. Personally, I, and I'm sure there were some other people that were fine with it and maybe wanted him to go, but uh, Dougie Hamilton not getting signed back that, that mm. was, that was a tough blow. I think um, he, uh, you know, he, he, 
didn't necessarily pass the eye test, especially when he played uh, Washington in, in the playoffs and, and played like the Cavs. Like, I, I see why people rag on him, you know, feel like he's not giving it his all. But uh, you get offensive defensive men like that, dude, like it, it changes everything on the power play, you know, breaking out on the ice and just, you know, just you know, moving it from end to end. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, but, you know, we look good. Um, got some, you know, other players to back him up. Um, mm-hmm. We got KK coming in on the left wing. We can put him at, you know, center too. So, I mean, we got a squad, but we just got to get that chemistry. We kind of looked a little off the other night as far as mm-hmm. like chemistry goes, but it's preseason. That's how, that's how it goes. Don't work out the case. Is there a, is there a, is there a young gun you're, I know the Canes got plenty of them, right? Is there a young gun you're excited about this year? Sure. Yeah. I mean, Seth Jarvis is, is one guy. I think he's going to get maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to get probably eight to 10 games and, you know, try him out. He looked, he looked real good in, in uh, preseason looks like he's ready to, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Suzuki is nice, nice too. So we got playmakers. Um, the good thing about us is our, our forward lines are so deep. So, you know, we mm-hmm. could, you know, literally put, uh, you know, stall. We could put Jordan Stall on the second line, or we could put him on the third, the third line. I mean, we, right. you know, we just shift wow. so many people around. So, um, I'm interested to see how it plays out. First game next Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. The Caps play next Thursday, or do you know when they play? Um, I have their. I honestly don't know off rip because I haven't been really following preseason hockey that close. Um, and uh, shame on me. Uh, yeah. I know they won yesterday. Um. I believe it was five to nothing. Uh, let me just double check that score while we wait because this is impromptu. Uh, well, no worries. I mean, I, how are you guys looking this year? I mean, who do y'all have in? Do you know who you got in, in net right now, or any new guys that you guys picked up? I don't even remember if you guys made any acquisitions or you know anything like that at all. The Caps preseason record is one three and one. So start off there. Uh, they do play tonight, actually, against the Flyers at 7 p.m. Uh, they did just beat the Bruins 4-3. to Don't know where I got 5 nothing from. Uh, lost the Devils 4-1. to Lost the Flyers previously 3-1. to And lost to the Devils 5-1. Um, and also lost the Bruins 3-2. But also, I think that was a long time. I think that was last year. But um, yeah. I – the only thing like, – I think we talked a little bit about this. And, like, again, I don't – I think you from, like, a hockey – they're way deep like that like i think you're way deeper i mean the only thing i would say is like a capitals fan um is that i'm curious and i'm sure there's players like i'm, I'm sure we i think we talked about it over xbox recently i just it's curious to see like this is like the you're, you're phasing into that next part of like what's going to happen post ov post you know backseat things like that so yeah. curious to see what that new angle looks like and you know I'm, I'm not saying Ovechkin's done. I mean, I still. Uh, I mean, he could probably but... play another six years, dude. I mean, who yeah. knows? He could play till he's fifty. That. He's an animal. Yeah. So I'm just curious to see. Uh, you know, I'm just curious to see. You know what happens, and I would honestly, that's the best part too, especially if they get a young gun. Um, is that, you know, they'll, uh, you know, you got the best player, arguably one of the best players of all time, teaching them. We got good news for the pod. Hang on, Alex Burger is joining back. Big news. Big news for the pod. And would you like to share? You don't have to. We can keep people on their toes. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep it uh keep it where there's no names involved. But yeah, we just accepted another job full time, getting back into tech sales. Getting sales, oh, yeah, bro. Big, jobs. big moves. Uh, the grind. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, definitely about the grind. But when you look at it, it's all about 
about it's all about sticking to it because down the road it's definitely worth it. So indeed, excited, yeah, big day. Hey, what yeah. what a way to kick off a Friday, you know? Going, going into, into the weekend, the weekend. God, I'm in Wilmington, so you know, gonna enjoy it, hang out with the fellas. Man. It's gonna be a good time. We're doing big things. That brings me. I mean, you know, it's funny you mentioned Wilmington. That actually brings us into the next great topic. Um, uh, and we'll we'll do an open floor kind of thing at the end there to wrap up with uh, Mace. You and I were talking about, but uh, the the second letter in the acronym in SWIFAP is uh, weather. And currently in Ashburn, Virginia, it's a little overcasty, but we're starting to see that trend in the fall. It's getting a little cooler, kind of nice. You're getting into that comfy weather. It's what it's what you want. It's getting into that flannel, chili eating, beer drinking, breweries and wineries weekends. You know the deal. Just that kind of stuff, weather. So that's fun. What about you guys? We'll start with uh, I'm just going based off of what I see on my top. So, Verb, you're next. What's it like in Wilmington right now? Yeah. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, but tell me October is not the best month. Like, it's it's the best month of the year. You think about it, we got playoff baseball, football's in its prime. What else? We got hockey's coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. Sports galore for a sports fan, but then look, the weather, the holidays are coming up. Like, yep, you got holidays. The I don't water's know. still I, somewhat warm out there yep, at the beach, too, too and, yep. and it's not blistering. Right. Yeah, we'll focus back in on the weather. Uh, right now, it's a little overcast, um, but it's a cool 70 degrees out. You can't complain. It's probably what it's going to be around, hopefully. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, North Carolina weather, you can. You never expect anything. One week it's 65 and chilly, and then the next day it's 95 and sunny. It's like, what's going on? It's the fall. Like, but uh, overall, yeah, Wilmington's got some pretty pretty cool weather right now. But it's I think it's supposed to rain later today. I was hopefully gonna hit the links, but it's not looking too good. Um, but yeah, hope it hope it holds out for you. Hope it doesn't rain. Mace, how are we doing? Man, Raleigh is has been raining. Um, uh, fingers crossed. You got a golf trip. Uh, coming up this weekend, actually leaving later this afternoon. So heading to Pinehurst, hopefully uh, the, the rain pushes out and, um, you know, we get to play. But I got rain gloves ready to rock and um, some, some new gear. So, you know, rain or shine, we're playing. So um, Tournament or bust. Yeah. Uh, so no complaints. So it'll be interesting. We got 12 guys going. So we'll see how everybody plays with the, uh, with the conditions. Well, all righty. Well, that is a great – edition of weather we got regions going so thank you thank you guys very much moving on to the next one uh in swift half we've got arts uh so a couple things this week i got for arts last time for swift half i did um what i did some releases for different kind of genres of music this time i'm going to do festivals because festivals not only, not only covers music but also arts different kind of things you'll see different artistic values and venues so i'm um, gonna do a couple uh that stand out to me uh, that are coming up over the next couple months. If you guys are going, or if you hear of anything else, you know, in your area that you want to promote, you know, throw up on there. But we've got, you know, Chain Fest. That I I only wanted to say that because Chain Fest sounds interesting enough just from the name. Uh, you got Rolling Loud NYC. Uh, both of those are October 23rd and October 28th through the 30th. Uh, Day of Dead Mao. Is it? I never. Is it Dead Mouse or Dead Mao? I don't know. I, don't I never know. know. I don't, I don't know. know. We need to get I'm someone sure, who's an EDM background Me and Mike, me and Mike might not be the best fellas to be the. the we're gonna have to get someone on there. We're <laughs> gonna have to get someone on here who's EDM uh, proficient and inform us because we're. Me, just, me and Mike go to concerts. <laughs> I don't know about these festivals. <laughs> we're, right. yeah. we're not. We're not too weathered in that. In that <laughs> aspect. But, uh, hey, we got one. Mike. We got that uh, surfaces at the end of the month. Surfaces coming up. I've been to a bunch of concerts over the past month or so, man. Like. Nice. See, I just went to Revolution last week. That was 
crazy good as always. It was like my fifth time seeing them. Mm-hmm. Um, saw Sturgill Simpson and Willie Nelson a couple weeks ago. Nice. Um, Parker McCollum and uh, Derek Bentley. So I've been, you know, trying to see as many things as I can. Well, if you heard that and you have and you're listening to the podcast and you have a chance to see those artists and bands in your area, go buy some tickets. Uh, we don't. We only promote good music on the pod here, and all, I would say both you, Alex, and Mace have great taste in music. So if you're listening and you're interested in those bands, go listen. Uh, wrapping up November Astro World 2021 in Houston, Texas, is from November 5th to 6th, and there's something called the Rock Boat 2021 in Tampa, Florida, from November 7th to 12th. And I, I, that sounds that sounds it's gonna be it's in Florida, so you know it's gonna be absolutely madness. I don't know some nuts. Yeah, right. No, some nuts is gonna happen. Yeah. You got yeah, right. It's crazy. So that's great. Wraps up the arts part. We're moving into politics. The only thing I got for politics, I don't. Really got too much. The only thing I got is we're within 30 days of general elections for most states. So if you're out there, go register to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're moving into finance. Just a couple of topics I saw from, I just get it from different websites. Um, uh, we've removed, okay, love it, sweet. Um, but we've moved, uh, you know, I'm just taking from different websites. Again, I'm not taking stamps or anything. These are just, I'm just reading them. You guys do what you want with the information. Um, SpaceX hit a $100 billion valuation. Uh, there was 194k new jobs uh, created. So not not those are two separate thoughts. Um, you know, I'm sure SpaceX probably did create some sort of jobs with that. But I think in the country as a whole, 194,000 new jobs were created. Uh, don't ask me how. I just know that's the number. Uh, Tesla headquarters is now in Texas and not California. The Dow rose 300 points uh, as of October 7th. And Shiba Coin, if you're interested in crypto, is up 35% this morning. Uh, gentlemen, do you have anything related to poli- or finance that you would like to jump in or politics? Sorry, I jumped right over that too. Anything from those two you guys want to just mention or anything you want to promote? If you got nothing, it's all good. We can. Move uh, I stay topic. away from the politics thing, but I've been getting some, I guess, I've been hearing some people who, you know, are not vaccinated talking about their companies, you know, coming to them saying, Hey, mandatory vaccinations, mm-hmm. just kind of curious to see what, you know, kind of change that has on the market or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be lawsuits and things like that too. Questions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that'll be interesting, but, um, nice. cause I'm remote and they're, you know, they're asking me and, you know, it's like, I'm fully vaccinated, but I'll never see you guys ever in person. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but, um, yeah. you know, I'm sure it'll be, be all good. Yeah. Anything from you on I the think, finance or anything or, or anything from there? Yeah, I'm just going to touch base on Mike's like vaccination piece. That's definitely a hot topic that can that probably could be talked about for a while, you know, because mm-hmm. it's definitely we'll, we'll have to see what's going to go on with that. How people are like companies are like, yeah, you kind of have to get vaccinated because mm-hmm. I do understand, you know, it's people's choice to get the vaccination. But it's always I think everyone should get educated on it. And, you know, yeah. if you get educated on it and you don't want to get it, don't get it. You know, it's like it's your body. So mm-hmm. I think like there's no point to force anybody to do anything, but, um, you know, just, I think the number one thing is you definitely just need to get educated behind it do your own research, look it up, figure out exactly what it is, what it does. Uh, you know how people, I mean, when, when did the first vaccinations come out last February? I got vaccinated yeah. back yeah. in, I mean, I people were getting vaccinated. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. Teachers in first line markets were getting vaccinated. It was early 2020. Yeah, yeah, but you know, uh, the the public started getting vaccinated probably. I would say early twenty twenty one. I think mm-hmm. it was right, like early. Yeah, no, that's you know, correct. Yeah, so yeah. Like April or something like that. We were getting that's vaccinated. Maybe I mean, some people were able to get it sooner. I know, like some pre existing conditions. You know, you were after frontline or you know things like that. But um, 
Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Like you said, but we talked for days um, yeah. on that, I think. Uh, but like, I think definitely I'm curious, like everyone else, we're curious to see where it goes and we're curious to see, you know, mm -hmm. what shakes out from it and what people do uh, yeah. from there. Um, but that does wrap it up for the Swapath. Um, thank you both for jumping in on that. Want to do a little open floor time as well, just to, um, you know, wrap it up for you guys. Is I, I know we were talking a little bit about preseason NHL, but want to, you know, like all guests that come on the show, want to open the floor for you two to spotlight anything that's important to you or any topics you're interested. So floor's open if you guys want to talk about anything or do anything there. I'll be, uh, I'll be quick. Yeah. I'll be quick, Burb. Um, Panthers, Panthers are winning the NFC South straight up, period. Love it. They're winning the NFC South. Love it. Um, somebody needs to go out and sign Cam Newton. I don't know if it's the Steelers or if it's your Falcons, Joe, but there's some bums taking snaps right now. Uh, somebody needs to go grab that man and give him a shot. Mm. Um, that is almost a, as a hot of a topic as politics can be uh, <laughs> for some people, and maybe it is politics for some people. But, uh, yeah, Pan regardless, Panthers win the NFC South, and um, when they play the Bucks, they're going to shut, shut, uh, shut Brady down. Um, Gilmore's gonna pick him off too. I'm predicting that. I, as well. I mean, you did up. just pick up Stefan Gilmore. And yeah, I love that pickup. So I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, when J.C. Horn comes back, and you got those two in your backfield, or you know, in your as your defensive backs in your defensive backfield, that's that's pretty that's pretty comforting to know, for sure. Yeah. I I wish I had that luxury as a Falcons fan. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying I, I just don't. We don't have that kind of. Luxury. I'm not saying I, I I'm definitely saying I don't think our players are. <laughs> Yeah, the Falcons just don't have it this year, Joe. I'm sorry. We're to making say. it. Just we're like gonna figure it out. Again, it takes time. Hey, everyone, I've definitely learned from this. From, from what I've learned from doing this podcast, I respect all professional athletes. And who am I, an average Joe, to say, you know, who's like doing well and who's not? And you know, I just, as a fan, I hope we can get to those levels. I hope they can play like J.C. Horn and do that. They're definitely capable because they got drafted. But yeah, hope we can make it click soon. So, I, but yeah, um, anything, anything y'all want to want to shed some light, Bert? Yeah, I think I think I'll touch back on the Panthers. I love the Panthers this year, not just because we're a couple Carolina Panther guys. Panther fans out here. No, yeah, I mean I'm a Dolphins fan, but I do like the Panthers. This grew up in Carolina, podcast. so yeah, I've always supported the boys. Um, but yeah, I'm hopping on the bandwagon this season for sure because I think they're the real deal. Big Joe Brady guy, uh, LSU guy. Uh, nobody knew. Um, so he came over from LSU whenever we had that magical 2019 season. Uh, no one can ever compare. I think that's the best college football team. Of all time, but we're gonna we're gonna get to that on another segment. I think we could we could talk about that all day. I could talk your ear off about that 2019 squad. Um, but Joe Brady's a real deal, man. I think I think the Panthers are easily 11 win team this season. I think they're making the wild card or possibly winning that division over the Bucks. Uh, the defense is stacked. Like we could go on and on about who they picked up. That C.J. Henderson pickup from the Jacks was huge. Guys, what a top 10 pick, and they got him for a bag of chips. Like you can't you can't go wrong with that and they also got stefan gilmore who's going to come back what in like two weeks i think How about getting a bag um, week six jim fitterer bro he's fleecing dudes like, dude, fitterer's coming fleecing, from man. seattle and just fleecing everybody love it love yep, to see it outstanding work by the third sam Darnold's getting another shot another revival shot with joe brady which i called before the season i was like sam Darnold has all the tools and all the things that like Joe Burrow can do. Like he's got the leg, he's got a great arm. I think he's got a good football IQ. You know, he didn't really do good on the, the Jets, which is mm -hmm. pretty hard or pretty easy to do bad on the Jets. You know, they're the worst team, worst organization, in my opinion. Uh, they got a lot of problems they got to fix. Um, but yeah, I love the Panthers. I think Sam Donald's going to come back player of the year type vibe. I think Matt Rule could win coach of the year. 
And I think Joe Brady possibly could be gone after this season. I think he's got oh, a head coach and role ahead no of him. Chance. He's, he's, no brand. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, getting, he's getting a bag he's, next year, and he's out. Yeah. With LSU we had some hot takes here. Yeah. Yeah, hot takes. Hot takes. We could go on for days talking football. Three things um, I'm gonna yeah. leave with three things I'm gonna leave fans like people who listen to the podcast if they're sports fans. Um mm-hmm. do you agree with Burb with Burb just said that 2019 LSU team is the best of all time? I mean, there's an argument there, but yeah. I mean you've got to you've got to look at like I mean some of these Alabama teams and I who can forget that like, Miami thousand two thousand yeah, who can forget I mean can't that remember, team, but they used to hold unreal. the record, but Burb, Burb, do you know who hold I'm not this is the only thing I'm gonna leave it with because I don't want to like you said we're not gonna get into it right now, but do you know who holds mm-hmm. the records for most number one uh first round like picks? The Miami team? Or is it Bama? Bama. Last year's Bama team? Yeah. Oh my god! Last year, a year or two. It was pretty recent. It was, was pretty it? Re- yeah, recent. It was oh. pretty recent. They drafted. I think they had like. I think the record was six, and then they drafted like seven. Seven. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean not to say that yeah, team wasn't. I'm just real. saying. I, and then like, well, and that's the other thing you got to look at, like holistically. You got to look at who was on that 2019 team, and you know, regardless if they got drafted that following year or that year, you know, who or like that year or like lost year, that whole team who, that year. How many Everyone total first rounds like were there on those teams? And I mean. That Miami team's got a big case, but I'm gonna leave that with yeah. the fans and they'll listen on that. Uh, big take. I think. I. I mean, I honestly agree with you that the Panthers could make the playoffs, but I see a wild card in the future. I don't see the Buccaneers fumbling that uh, yeah. division. Uh, but uh, again, we'll leave that up to the listeners. And I'm very, very thankful that you both opened this up. Uh, to we got some, we got some instincts, and we got some, we got some <laughs> things going on. So um, oh, yeah. I, uh, I want to thank you both for joining me uh, doing this. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other soon definitely we'll be getting together here shortly but uh hope you guys have some great weekends thanks for helping me do this and uh and we'll talk soon for sure man it was it was always what do you know with joe yeah it was always yeah. Shout out jersey work, Jerry. I, want to get yeah. jersey. I, w- I would love to get jersey yeah, Jerry. and uh i guarantee that, you will you want moon you're going to I mean, the moon we made that gift that one time with him we made that remember i sent him that gift and he was like yo this is sarah i mean like dude love that it. Was, yeah. Yeah. Big clocks big clocks big clocks we gotta see we gotta see but uh with that we'll uh we'll uh we'll wrap it up and uh let's go to the outro song but it's absolutely 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 necessary